to Chatterbox, the podcast for telly addicts by telly addicts. My name's Sarah Morgan, and I've been writing about film and TV for more than 20 years, mostly because I'm in love with both of them. Joining me today is Chris Daniel. Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, just to let you all know, so that you've got an idea of what to listen out for, my favourite TV show of all time is The West Wing, and my favourite film of all time is The Matrix. And Roger Crowell. Hello, I'm Roger. I'm a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Coronation Street, and Game of Thrones. This week we're going to be talking about programmes relating to week commencing the 22nd of February. I had a little think. <laughs> um, we're Chrisless again this week. That's uh, Chris Less as opposed to a Chrisless. <laughs> Um, so hi to Chris. Uh, hope he's missing us. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll crack right on with what I'm currently watching this week. Which it's a couple of things actually. Um, White House Farm, which right. yes, technically it's actually finished on yeah. ITV, but for the next three weeks or so, you should be able to get it on the ITV hub. Yeah. And then after that, sometime in March, it moves on to Britbox. So anybody ah. who's subscribing to that service will still be able to watch it there. Yeah. Um, if you're unaware of it, it's a, a drama about the murders surrounding uh, Jeremy Bamber, mm-hmm. who was eventually found guilty of killing five members of his family, his mum and his dad, yeah. his sister and her two little boys Right. Uh, in the mid-1980s. It's an absolutely compelling story. I'm, I'm a little bit too young to actually have remembered it, much about it, I mean, at the time. So a lot of what happens in it is is new to me, really. Yeah. Um, Freddie Fox plays Bamba, and he is fantastic in it. It's the best thing I've seen him do, actually. Right. Um, really sort of creepy. He's kind of he's got a sort of charm, and yet he's really slimy at the same time. Right. Uh, which is really great for the for the character that he's playing if you can call it seems wrong to call a real person a yeah, character but you know, yeah. what, you know what I mean yeah um, but the person I think who's been outstanding throughout it is uh, Mark Addy oh yeah I love Mark Addy he's uh, absolutely amazing he's, he's great but he's really kind of he, it's the kind of drama where it would be easy to sort of go over the top in yeah but he really downplays it he plays the copper the veteran copper who he, he's, he's absolutely sure that Bamber is guilty and he right. sort of fights to get him put on trial against his boss's um, not better judgment but wrong judgment. He, his boss believes that the sister did it in a sort of murder suicide thing. Okay. But Mark Addy's character, he really fights to, to get Bamber on trial. I think Mark Addy is one of the greatest British actors of his generation and he doesn't get the kudos he deserves. He, he really doesn't because he's, he's one of those, I think it's probably because he's one of those less is more type yeah. of actors. He's not going to do the big scene, you know, the big yeah. chewing the scenery type stuff. He's, he just, he downplays it, but that's exactly what real life is like. So he's, he's perfect in this. I saw him uh, do a show a couple of years ago as a period piece. Um, and it was he was absolutely magnetic. I mean, he's always been good in everything I've seen of him, propping up whether it's uh, something hit and miss like the Flintstones uh, sequel, or the amazing Game of Thrones. And to see him live on stage to do what he does was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a look just for him alone. This is Stephen Graham, wasn't it? As yeah, well, I'm trying. I'm trying not to. Yeah, because I, I did talk about this. I think a couple of episodes yeah. in. Um, and yeah, Stephen Graham is just, it's not a good performance. He's no. playing a Welsh guy in it and his accent is right. appalling. You can't even tell what he's saying half the time. Fair enough. Um, 
but he's, he's very much a, a character on the periphery, so it doesn't really matter that much. In fact, sure. it's kind of a strange thing for him to have done. Bearing in mind that the last thing that a lot of people have seen him in is The Irishman, oh, yeah. where, where he's with you know Scorsese, Pacino and De Niro, yeah. and then to have a, a very much a supporting role. I don't know if he's done it as a favour to somebody else involved in it, you know, if he's if he's mates with the director or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if if you only tune in for one reason, that reason should be Mark Addy because he is a superstar in this. Oh, that sounds good to me. So don't forget, White House Farm. It's on the ITV hub for about the next three weeks, and then it's on Britbox. And obviously, this has got the bonus of the fact you can binge it. You can binge it as opposed yeah. to wait for it week by week, yeah, which is a, what I hate. It's, it's there as a box. Yeah. Um, you can also binge watch The Split, which is another thing that I'm watching at the minute. Yeah. That I think the whole lot of that's available on the BBC iPlayer. Cute, cute angelic choir angels, and <laughs> you mentioned Nicola Walker. <laughs> yes. If you're if you're old fashioned like me and you do watch things week <laughs> by week, it's on Tuesdays on BBC One at nine pm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm basically watching it because of Nicola Walker because I'm quite a big fan of hers. Um, based on another program that I'm going to talk about right. shortly. Okay. Um, in this, she's rather more glamorous than she usually is. She mm. usually plays kind of not like saying dowdy but yeah I think that is the key word isn't it dowdy yeah she just plays ordinary people really yeah Um, but yeah she's she's a sort of smart lawyer Mm. um, specialising in divorce Um, but she's got her own kind of troubled relationship with her husband which was played by Stephen Mangan yeah she's having an affair with a colleague Um, and it's all to be honest it's all a bit silly Mm. But it's written by Abby Morgan, who's done uh, River, which I really liked. That's also great. had Nicola Walker in it. I love the I love River. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, she did The Hour, which I also loved, and it was axed far too soon, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. And but, but then she's written screenplays for The Iron Lady and Suffragette and things like That's that. That's it. Yeah. She's so it's a good pedigree. Popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the split is a, it's a little bit silly, it's a little bit glossy. Yeah. But sometimes when you get in from work and it's been a tough day or whatever, it's just totally perfect to slap that on Completely. and think, oh yeah. You never underestimate the power of escapism. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's the split. That's on Tuesdays on BBC One at 9pm if you're old fashioned like me. Or you can binge watch the lot. Binge watch the lot mm. on the iPlayer. Sounds good. Yeah. So, but what I'm looking forward to, anyway, is uh, Nicola Walker again. Yeah. Because she's in the new series of Last Tango in Halifax. Oh, yeah. Which looks great. Yeah, which starts on Sunday on BBC One at 9pm. Um, if you've never seen it before, it's about a couple of pensioners, basically. They were at school together, they lost contact, married other people, had children, blah, blah, blah. Were both widowed came back together as pensioners, fell in love, married, and it's been, it's kind of about their relationship, but also uh, their family as well. Mm. So it's Anne Reid and Derek Jacobi as the pensioners, yeah. and then Nicola Walker plays Derek Jacobi's daughter, yeah. and the mighty Sarah Lancashire plays Anne Reid's daughter. So it's another one of those, it, it's kind of cosy TV in a way, cool, yeah. but it's also got kind of a a slightly harder edge to do Northern Grit. Yes, definitely. And then it's written by Sally Wainwright, who again, like Abby Morgan, is a seasoned pro. Yeah, um, she's great. She's done some fantastic stuff. And I'm glad to see Last Tango back. 
Because maybe, just maybe, it means that Sally Wainwright will next work on the new series of Happy Valley. Yeah, which uh, was phenomenal, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely fantastic. Apparently they're waiting for the little lad who plays Sarah Lancashire's grandson to grow up a bit. Right. So that he can be a teenager. Okay. And I think he's about 14 in real life, the actor who plays him. So. That's an interesting move, rather than recast him. Yeah. Well, he's really great. I, I don't know if you if you remember much about him being in it, but mm. he's kind of... You know when uh, Joe Gilgan was in Emmerdale? Yeah, he was in yeah. Coronation Street, sorry. Um, he played a real live wire as a little lad in it. Was Gilgan in Coronation? Yeah, he was. He was in it, but as a as a little boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember him in Everdale. Yeah, well, that was so that was some time later. After, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. He might. Do you know what? He might have played the son of Tracy Braden, who's now. Oh, who's now, who's now very very uh, hot topic, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she with is. Her, yeah. With her dress and Twitter comments, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, the, I always think the little lad. Uh, I'm sorry that I can't remember the actor's name. The little lad from Happy Valley. He reminds me very much of a young Joe Gilgan. Okay. So I think it's possibly they think he's worth waiting for because he does. He just has that spark about him. Yeah. And it would be very difficult to find somebody else with that same spark and cheekiness. Okay. Just just to go off on a tangent for a second, have you seen Brassic? No, I haven't. No. Oh, it's magnificent, and I think season two is coming up any minute. Yeah, it so is. Yeah, they've been plugging it Sky. Yeah, like I said, a bit of a tangent, but I'm sure we'll address it when it comes up on Sky. Yeah, minutes. definitely, because I do love jogging. It's marvellous. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we went right off on a tangent. Yeah, there. Um, a bit off piste. So <laughs> to bring it back, it's last Tango in Halifax that we're that I'm well, I'm plugging anyway. Yeah. Which is on Sunday on BBC One at nine pm. I don't know whether this will be the last ever series. You've got to think that eventually they're going to run out of steam with it. I think this is the fifth series yeah. of it. Um, but what whatever happens, it looks like being a, a good one. Um, also coming back is Timothy West as well, who'll be oh, in the okay. second episode, I think. He plays Derek Ackby's brother. Right, it's just the sort of thing I'd probably watch on a wet Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and it's that I'd, kind I'd of binge the entire lot or whatever. Absolutely. So, yeah, like I say, I've got a bit of a problem watching it week by week because it's so hard to get into sometimes. But, um, you know, Sunday afternoon binge and I'm, I'm all there. Absolutely. Um, so my film of the week, anyway, well, actually, my films of the week. My first choice is The French Lieutenant's Woman, which is on Sunday on Sony Movies Classic at 9pm. Mm. Um, it's an adaptation of John Fowler's novel, which is an excellent book, actually. I've, I've read it a couple of times. Um, and Harold Pinter wrote the screenplay, yeah. so that's that's about as as good as you can get, I think. Really, mm. um, it was made in early eighties. It's got Meryl Streep and Jeremy Irons in it, and it's it's an interesting setup because they're playing um, a couple uh, in Victorian era Lyme Regis, yeah. and they're they're having a sort of scandalous love affair. But then in the present, they also play actors who are making a film version of yeah. that same story. So, yeah. there, so there's two there's basically two stories running parallel. Um, and it's just it's just a great, great film. It's so clever how how it works that there are those two parallel stories as well. Yeah. Um, and I became so obsessed with it in my teens that my parents very kindly took me to the Lake District ah. to see where um, part of it was filmed. There's, right. there's a house on Windermere yeah. where the Streep character ends up. Right. And so we took a we took a boat trip 
across the lake and we waited ages and ages and ages to get a picture of yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And then when I came back and got the photos developed, because that's what you did in those days, okay. um, a seagull had flown in. Oh, <laughs> no, nightmare. So, so I did see it. I did see the location. Uh, but yeah, somewhat obscured by a seagull. Yeah, I've not seen this in about 30 years, so I'd quite happily give it another look. And then, let's face it, Meryl Streep's never made a bad film in her life. Well, she might have been in a bad film, but she's never acted badly. She's never been bad. In she's never film. been bad. I yeah. mean, she is just a force of nature. I think the two of them as well, they're kind of at the top of their game at this point, yeah. really. And it's got a good supporting cast as well, a lot of really good sort of um, British uh, character actors like Peter Vaughan and... Penelope Wilton and David Warner and Liz Smith. Oh wow, brilliant. So yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely one to watch that one. Yeah, sounds good. And then completely different, on Friday on BBC Two at 11.05pm is the terrestrial TV premiere of The Big Sick. Ah uh, yes. Which if you remember a couple of years back, um, it got an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay but lost, right. lost out to Get Out. Yeah. Um, it's based on a true story actually. The comedian Kumail Nanjiani and his wife Emily V. Gordon. It's mm. a, they wrote it. It's about their own relationship when they got together, um, and his problems. He, he, his family wanted to arrange him a marriage, but he he was kind of falling in love with Emily. Right. Uh, but then she got really poorly. She was in a medically induced coma. And right. It, it's kind of about how he worked through that and how her illness made him realise that. You know, he wanted to be with her, and yeah. um, I suppose it's kind of a heightened version of what happened, really. Yeah. I guess. So um, it's Zoe Kazan who plays Emily, um, but Holly Hunter and Ray Romano are also in it. Her parents, because right. Camille sort of bonds with them during the course of the film. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that being on. Actually, I think mm. it's a bit of an unusual one. I think I'm right in saying it was an Amazon. Yeah, we're plugging it, certainly, uh, I, I think I remember every time I looked on IMDb, they were plugging uh, mm. Big Sick, because uh, they own the same company. But um, yeah, I'll, I might give it a bit of a swerve for the moment, just because of the subject matter. But uh, yeah. you never know, you never know. Fingers crossed, I might uh, be brave Well, enough. I think it's more about kind of their bond and, mm. and their relationship rather than the actual illness itself yeah sure sure it's a, just a little bit tricky because there's a lot of really worthy dramas out there that using the c word as a kind of emotional crutch well that's like. not what's wrong with it right isn't it isn't no, it not no. okay right fair enough i think it's some kind of infection that she, uh, that right she okay so uh, and it's a romantic comedy it's not a drama yeah yeah it doesn't really sell itself the big sick, does it? It's a bit of a terrible title. I mean, there's, there is there is a certain amount of hashtag misery porn out there where they kind of revel in uh, people being ill. Well, I suspect because we already know that it's got a happy ending. That yeah. It's not going to be. Well, that's like sold it that. probably more than the title has. Put yeah. it that way. Just think it's a, kind of a chirpy film. Really. Fine, that sounds life good. affirming. I might, I might, I might just give it a look on that recommendation alone. <laughs> So that's on Friday on BBC Two at 11.05pm. Fantastic. So, Roger, I believe you've been delving into the murky world of Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's murky. I mean, you know, <laughs> it does give you that instant hit of, you know, if you want to watch seven or eight hours in one sitting, then then fantastic. But um, I know you're a bit of a crime fan, as mm. am I, and I love nothing better than a good uh, crime thriller, especially one that will keep me hooked for hours on end. 
because I can't be doing with adverts. I'm of an age where I just can't be doing with adverts, <laughs> and I can't be doing with uh, you know waiting seven days to see it. There is a, a certain charm in it. I don't mind waiting seven days for Doctor Who. Um, but yeah, that's because you always waited. Yeah, from I being, think that's it. From being a little kid, you will have waited seven days. Or well, maybe this is just going off on another tangent a little bit. Maybe Doctor Who for me hasn't been so compelling that I'm desperate to see the next episode yeah, for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but that's by the by. Um, going back to The Stranger, which is on Netflix, which um, a guy in the office decided decided to come up to us and say, uh, whatever you do, you've got to watch this. And I went, yeah, okay. But it was one of those sort of slow builds where someone else had mentioned it. And uh, the fact Jennifer Saunders has been on the one show talking about it, and eventually you think, okay, I'll give it a look, see if it is as addictive as people are saying. And believe me, it is. Um, it's absolute catnip. I mean, I'd say it's rocket fuel TV. You know, it's um, if you ever watch Twenty Four, it's got that kind of compelling quality to it, where you've got to watch the next episode. It's so beautifully structured. I mean, and and that that is the key phrase, really, the structure of it. It's. Um, it centres on Richard Armitage, who is this uh, rather affluent uh, dad. He's got the perfect wife in Derbyshire, and, mm-hmm. and she's absolutely marvellous in it. Nice that's to see her back yeah, on well, TV. Yeah, I was going to say, I've not seen her in anything. Yeah, I don't know what she's been up to. She might be doing theatre or whatever, but uh, they've got this perfect sort of family, and they live in this affluent area. Uh, it's all set in Manchester, and uh, you think, uh, okay, any family that's this perfect, something's going to go wrong mm-hmm. in a minute now. <laughs> And sure enough, it does. So um, one day, this uh, young lady, uh, played brilliantly played by Hannah John Kamen, who you might remember from uh, assorted uh, projects including Ant-Man and the Wasp, that rather good uh, sequel mm-hmm. the other year. Uh, she pops up one day while he's out with the family and uh, tells him uh, that not all is as it seems mm-hmm. with his wife. So he does a little digging, and sure enough, it turns out... Uh, uh, the uh, the wife, the perfect wife is not so perfect as it seems and that is kind of the the key to that unlocks this mystery and it's not just him investigating his wife there's all these subplots going on mm. now there's um, brilliant character actors like Paul Kay who does a wonderful job um, playing this uh, detective Stephen Ray, who's been terrific for 40-odd years. I mean, he was great 40 years ago in a show called I Didn't Know You Care, which mm-hmm. was a bit of a cult hit back in the 70s and 80s. He's going to be on ITV shortly as well. Uh, right. From, from Monday in Flesh and Blood. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah just one of, the, one of those, one of show businesses' greatest character actors. Um, and uh, the way it unfolds, I mean, I think it's eight episodes. They vary from 42 to 50 minutes each. Um, and thankfully you can skip the opening titles so you can just like mainline this uh, wonderful drama <laughs> that's been produced by Nicola Schindler who um, is one of uh, Blighty's greatest producers um, and, uh, I should probably say that it's um, from the from the brain of Harlan Coburn Harlan Coburn, yeah selling crime writer. when yeah. I was at the Harrogate Crime Writing Festival last summer he was there and he, and he was plugging this big time right. because they were it was currently being filmed yeah. in Manchester so he was he was really plugging it and you kind of think yeah yeah whatever but yeah, then when sure. it comes out and everybody has said how fantastic it is I mean I, I, I get quite bored quite easily and if um, there's a, an unsatisfactory finale I'm quite angry about it because <laughs> I think what a cop out but this is so consistently good and I'd say uh, 
when Broadchurch, the original series of Broadchurch was on, I was one of those people that got a bit bored within the first 20 minutes and mm. then gave it a wide berth until probably just before season three started mm. and then ended up binge watching the entire run in one night and this one I binged in two days. Right. So I binged episodes one to three on the Thursday and then me and the wife watched uh, episodes four to eight um, on the Sunday afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon, mm. one sitting, borrowing the odd loo break. Didn't our colleague Nick, who was yeah. the guy who recommended it, didn't yeah. he say that he, he was just going to watch a couple of episodes and he yeah. watching them all? 100%. It's, it <laughs> he must have gone to about 2 o'clock in the morning. It's amazing. And I can see that, I don't know if Netflix will eventually do a deal. I don't, I don't know whether it's a one-way street or not, whether, you know, where they, they can... Uh, sort of sell stuff to ITV you know obviously ITV can sell stuff to Netflix but whether it happens in reverse I don't know but this is just the sort of thing that if it ever ends up on ITV on a Monday night at 9 o'clock and it probably would do in that slot I can see the whole country talking about it because yeah. it's that addictive yeah. so yeah, anyway I've rattled on along and like that <laughs> um, so that's, uh, that's what I've mostly been watching <laughs> in two sittings um, what I'm looking forward to now I don't know if you saw Kevin McLeod's Rough Guide to the Future last week I didn't know which did. was really interesting because I thought it was going to be quite light and fluffy um, and it's essentially Kevin, the fact Kevin McLeod's got his name attached to this he might have come up with the idea but um, for the most part it's just him doing little bits of intro and voiceover. Yeah, I see, from what I've read about it, it isn't really his programme. He's, he's not doing much at all, really, apart from getting his name <laughs> in there and uh, doing the heavy lifting. There are uh, people like John Richardson and Alice Levine and uh, Phil Wang who've got, you know, thankfully they've managed to get a nice little jolly around the world, so they've gone to China and Japan and the States, uh, obviously taking out, checking out the tech, if you like. So it's a little bit tomorrow's world in, that, in that sense. Obviously before the coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. Well. But it's been really interesting. I mean, you know, they're looking at things like how uh, people in China are going to survive in the future when there's such a shortage of food. So they're looking at insects. So you get your inevitable sort of a gross-out scene of people eating insects mm. and spiders, which is not for the faint of heart. A little bit, I'm a celebrity. But there was such a wonderful kick at the end of the first series, uh, first episode, when uh, Alice Levine was in Japan, and um, there was this kind of like robot cafe, if you like, right. and you just thought, okay, it's just a bunch of, uh, you know, automatons delivering coffee and uh, dealing with members of the public, and then they cut to this guy who was essentially paralysed uh, at home on this bed, um, and he was working via this wonderful high-tech link. And it was one of the most moving bits of TV I've seen all week, where you just wow. thought, wow, technology isn't all bad yeah. if this guy that's paralysed can do a job yeah. um, as this kind of like uh, uh, synthetic uh, uh, waiter, if you like. And it was, like I say, just incredibly uplifting. The fact that I'm a bit obsessed with Alice Levine is by the by. <laughs> I mean, they're all terrific. John uh, Richardson was uh, just so good, as was Phil. But there was other, another scene which was quite kind of interesting if you're a sort of lapsed vegetarian like me or if you're a hardcore vegetarian, where they were looking into the, the idea of um, chicken that was essentially grown from chicken cells. Oh, I saw something about that. Yeah. yeah. So kind of interesting. Chicken but not chicken. Chicken nuggets that cost essentially about $50, mm. so about 40 quid. So yeah, financially not viable <laughs> at that point. But if you're thinking, well... You know, the amount of chickens that uh, have to be sort of grown and slaughtered and all the rest of it 
if you can actually create them, mass produce them from chicken cells and mm. it tastes the same, then that's quite an interesting angle, really. So, yeah, a good series, even though Kev's not in it enough, really, for my liking. <laughs> uh, he should, who knows, he might actually do, do some decent work at the end of it. And, and, you uh, never know. Do a bit of the heavy lifting. And uh, fingers crossed, he'll, uh, we won't have to wait too long for another run of grand designs. So when's that on? Right? That is on Wednesday the 26th, Channel 4, 9 o'clock. And uh, well worth a look. I'm sure you can watch it on uh, Catch Up as well. Yeah. So uh, well, and that's that's the finale as well. That's the third episode. Right. So the film I'm looking forward to, which I've not seen properly for years. Um, back in the day on a Sunday, circa 1987, me, me and a mate used to go uptown and, and uh, watch uh, whatever was on basically. Mm. And it was a good sort of weekly thing that we did for a few months, and we saw some absolute crackers. But it's one of those things that um, I refuse to believe this was 1987, <laughs> uh, which is insane, uh, that, that it was so many decades ago, let alone yeah. years. But it's Stakeout, which is um, one of Richard Dreyfuss's uh, finest comeback films, because he had a certain period in the wilderness, mm, after making yeah. crackers like um, you know, Jaws and Close Encounters and Whose Life Is Anyway. Period in the Wilderness came back in the mid eight, mid to late eighties, and uh, this is directed by John Badham, who uh, did a fantastic job. And it's essentially a couple of uh, cops, Emilio Estevez and uh, Richard Dreyfus, uh, on a stakeout, as the title suggests. And um, the uh, senior cop Dreyfus uh, falls for Madeline Stowe, who turns out to be the girlfriend of an imprisoned psychopath who, uh, what a surprise, breaks out <laughs> and comes to get them. And there's just this wonderful scene of uh, Dreyfus uh, hiding under, under the bed while Madeline Stone nips for a shower and they play this glorious fan track. And it's just one of the funniest things you'll see all week. So if you only see that five minutes, it's well worth it. But the rest of it's really good. It's, it's one of those... John Badham makes these amazing uh, comedy action thrillers mm. and he gets the balance just right. He made another one called The Hard Way in 1991 with uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, James Woods. And that's another classic case of him uh, taking material that could be a bit too lightweight or a bit too action thrillery and getting the balance right. I've no idea if that's ever going to be on TV again, but certainly uh, this is on uh, Sony Movies Classic. That's on Monday, the 24th of Feb at 10 pm. Yeah, I might rewatch that because I yeah. don't think I've seen it since my parents rented it on video. Yeah. There <laughs> so you go. I seem to remember there are some excellent moustaches in it. There are some terrific moustaches, not quite as good as uh, Parks and Recreation style moustaches, <laughs> but then again, few are. And certainly not of the volume of uh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Kenneth Branagh's in the uh, Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> well, nothing is, is it? But nothing is. I mean, that, that, that's worthy of a sequel on, on its own, that moustache. Um, but uh, just as a public service announcement, uh, just a couple of films to, to avoid like the plague. Um, on Channel 4, that's uh, this uh, coming Saturday. Um, so we've got American Made, which was this much-hyped Tom Cruise uh, fact-based uh, drama slash comedy about this uh, pilot that was sort of up to all, all sorts of dodgy shenanigans and um, you know the uh, advert looked terrific and you watch the film and you, it's like watching paint dry it's so dull <laughs> I mean Cruz I know you're not a massive I'm fan I'm not a fan of anything I, I, big or small I'm, I'm a big fan but he, he has made some stinkers and this is one of them uh, Donald Gleason's in it as well and uh, he is terrific as usual and uh, just to make sure that you uh, stay away from Channel 4 on that Saturday night, uh, that's followed by A Million Ways to Die in the oh, West. Yeah. And there is a certain segue to this, because 
there's only one scene in it worth watching, and that is the moustache song. Right. Which is, uh, this is from Seth MacFarlane, who thought, uh, you know, not only am I going to kind of write and direct it, so I'll also uh, be the hero in it. Uh, so he wrote in Charlie's Theron, who is magnificent in most things, but here it's just all the gags fall flat, and uh, Neil Patrick Harris is in it as well. And Family Guy, I think, has gone off the boil in recent years. It's become quite nasty and, and uh, just grim in places. Um, so there's a sense of kind of, I mean, talk about tumbleweed. Mm-hmm. You know, as Western comedies go, this is one of the worst for the last 20, 30 years. But that moustache song, just watch it for that alone. <laughs> And it's probably might, just on YouTube. Though. Yeah, exactly. Just just, just, tra- just track that the moustache song, and if you're lucky, you might sort of turn over at some point, probably about an hour in or something, and catch it. But uh, the rest of it is just terrifically bad. I think Liam Neeson's in it as well, really? and he's I didn't yeah, that. just poor. I mean, Liam Neeson can be funny, especially when he was in uh, extras a few years ago. Mm. Oh, no, life's too short. Life's too short. Which when he, he did that piece with uh, Warwick Davis, which had me in hysterics. It was so bad uh, in the kind of dark comedy <laughs> way um, but yeah this is uh, quite go out your way to avoid it let's put it that way just go out just go out just go out at yeah. 9 o'clock when Tom Cruise comes on yeah. go out just, just and right, stay out just right off channel 4 <laughs> for that evening you'll be quite happy so that's it that's my that's my pick excellent so thanks for listening to us mumbling on again yeah um, hopefully Chris will be back with us next week one day we, we live in hope indeed but for now you've been listening to Sarah Morgan and Roger Crowe Bye. Bye.